Hello, welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by Manscaped.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition of the podcast, we're going to be looking back at Leicester City nil, Arsenal 2 in the Carabao Cup third round. Hello, good afternoon and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by Manscaped. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiou. And on this edition, we're going to be looking back at the Carabao Cup victory over Leicester City. Arsenal, are, of course, through to the fourth round where they would now take on Liverpool or Lincoln. Um, I think we all uh, sort of have our suspicions about who that means we'll be facing in the next round. Um, but it was a really professional performance, a solid victory. Uh, momentum keeps on coming, keeps on building uh, under Mikel Arteta. And on this edition, we're going to be looking at that game in particular. Now, you're probably wondering why we're streaming at this time, if you're joining us live at the moment, and we're and wondering if we're going to be streaming later on as well. We will be. This is an additional stream. The Transfer Update Show will return today. Um, for those of you watching us live at 4, around about 4 p.m. Um, so keep an eye on your, your YouTube for that. You'll get a notification when that is scheduled. But we're looking for this afternoon. We will be doing um, a Transfer Update Show because, as always, there is a lot to discuss when it comes to Arsenal and the transfer window. So this show is solely focused around the game uh, at the, uh, the is it the Walker Stadium? I can't even remember if it's that. King Power, bloody old Walker Stadium. Talk about going back a few years. Um, but yeah, we'll be we'll be dissecting that game here and later on we'll be talking transfers. So um, there will be no transfer talk on this edition of the podcast. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I feel like it's a good thing. It's nice to focus on football. It's nice to talk about footballing matters without getting too bogged down in who might come in, who might leave, etc., etc. So let's focus fully on last night's game. Now, let's have a look at the two starting lineups as they were. Um, we'll go through them. And of course, with Arsenal's, there was plenty to discuss. Burned Leno got the nod in goal for the Gunners. Now, we knew that Runarsson was going to feature yesterday. Um, I'm pretty sure we said that in the sort of pre-game live that we did. But Runarsson was not a starter yesterday. He made the substitutes bench. That was as far as it went for, for Alex Runarsson. Didn't get on, of course. So Bern Leno was the man in between the sticks. Back three was Rob Holding. David Lewis, who returned to the side, having been a substitute at the weekend against West Ham United. He was back in the heart of that back three and Ser Kalasinac slotted in at left centre-back. On the right-hand side, right wing-back position, it was Ainsley Maitland-Niles on the left. It was Bukayo Saka uh, with Joe Willock and Mohamed Elneny in the middle of the park with Nicolas Pepe and Reese Nelson providing support to Eddie Nketiah who started through the middle. Just a quick run through the Leicester City side. It was Ward in goal, Thomas Fuchs, Morgan Amate across the back with Dewsbury Hall, Chowdhury, uh, Madison in the middle of the park, Gray on the left or Brighton on the right and Kelechi Iheanacho started through the middle for Leicester City. So, yeah, um, that was how the two sides lined up. Now, I mean, I'm going to touch on some of the some of the sort of individual performances through this one, because if I just want to summarise the game overall, well, it was a solid performance. It was nothing spectacular. 
it was nothing amazing. But Arsenal got over the line. Arsenal defended well, I guess, for the most part, which is obviously um, something we should be taking taking confidence from. Um, and without being that great, we managed to get over the line and, and win and progress. Slight bit of fortune in the first goal. Well, a lot of fortune in the first goal, which is what set us in good stead. But we defended well after that. And of course, Eddie and Ketia added a late goal to make sure that Arsenal guaranteed their place in the next round. Now, I want to start off by talking about Bern Leno in, in goal. And I've already touched on the fact that Renarsson was involved. I've said it throughout the time we've sort of been interested in Renarsson and after the signing was made, I'm not really sure what to make of this guy. I'm not really sure where he's at in terms of his level, um, what sort of standard I expect from him, because the truth is he's not somebody that even crossed my mind. And I'm sure he didn't cross many Arsenal fans' minds, um, you know, as somebody that could potentially come in to replace Martinez. He's here now. We've got the deal done. Um, I wasn't, I'm not going to say I was surprised to see him bench yesterday because he has been with the team for a very short period of time. It was always unlikely that he was going to start, but I was, I guess, partly surprised to see Bert Leno in the side because just because of the risk now, there is such a huge risk now with regards to Bert Leno that if he picks up an injury, what do Arsenal do? I mean, no, there is no backup goalkeeper whom I look at and have any confidence in at the moment. And that's not Renarsson's fault. But based on the fact I've seen nothing of him, I can't sit here and say that I'm confident he can fill in for Bern Leno. Um, you know, if if the German is injured or in the event that the German is unavailable for whatever reason. So, yeah, um, slightly surprised, but not surprised to see Bern Leno given the nod, if that makes sense. Touching on Berlino's performance, though, I think, you know, every week we're going to talk about this now, aren't we? Particularly when we're in a week where Emi Martinez has gone to Aston Villa, saved the penalty in his opening um, game as the Aston Villa number one. There's always going to be this discussion around whether Arsenal made a mistake or not. And I'm not saying we have. I'm not categorically saying we have. But I wasn't exactly filled with confidence by what I saw from Bern Leno again. And we saw the two sides of Bern Leno, I thought, again last night. On the one hand, he pulls off magnificent saves. Saves that, when you look at them, you, you probably think he has absolutely no right to make. But on the other hand, I still feel concerned, worried, uneasy uh, when he comes out for crosses. Certain instances, I, I just look at Bern Leno and I, I worry. And then I do ask myself that question in my head. Have Arsenal actually made the right shout in doing what they did? Now, obviously, the situation is what it is. Martinez is gone now. Um, you know, there was a bid on the table for Martinez, a bid that Arsenal felt was too good to turn down. Mikel Arteta has alluded to the fact that it was um, for financial reasons that Martinez was allowed to go. So we kind of just have to put that to one side. But there were some question marks for me again about Bern Leno's performance. Now, are we, when I look at Bern Leno's performances, is it because I've seen Martinez over the last few months that I now magnify all the mistakes that Bern Leno makes? Was he making those mistakes before? Was he that sort of uncomfortable in those situations prior? But we just kind of brushed over it. 
because we hadn't seen anything else and because he was making brilliant saves week in, week out. When I say all this, it's easy to forget that Bernardino was really, really good prior to his injury and probably, uh, apart from Aubameyang, Arsenal's best player last season. But I just uh, there there are elements to Bernardino's game that make me feel uneasy and I saw a couple of those last night. So I don't want to get stuck on the goalkeeping situation for too long, but that's just kind of the way I felt. Makes wonderful saves, but there are still moments in the game. There are still incidents and, and certain situations where I look at Bern Leno and I don't feel comfortable at all. I want to talk about, you know, I'm going to talk about some of the players that didn't feature yesterday briefly towards the end, but I just want to touch on those who did play um, first, because I think that's more important. Rob Holding, again, watching him last night just reinforced um, my opinion that actually he isn't good enough um, that, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, Mustafi's still a better option at right centre-back for me than 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 Rob Holding is. I know Mustafi's injured and I know, you know, that, that can't be helped at this moment in time. And so Mikel Arteta doesn't really have a great deal of choice, but I'm still not keen on Rob Holding. And maybe last night was an opportunity to give William Saliba a game um, at centre-back and see how he fared. But for some reason or another, William Saliba doesn't seem to be in favour at the moment. Is it because of his fitness? Is it because of what Mikel Arteta's seen in training? Is it because he's so young? Because when you think about the money that Arsenal paid to bring the player in from St Etienne, it is easy to forget just how young he is, how relatively inexperienced he is. He's got a couple of seasons um, in the French league and underneath his belt. A couple of seasons where he actually missed quite a bit of football due to injury and various other reasons. So yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, but I just felt like maybe that was an opportunity to give him a game. And, and what I will say on Rob Holding is that he didn't particularly fill me with confidence again. Um, Ser Kolasinac, David Lewis, I'm not going to go into. David Lewis was fairly solid for me. Ser Kolasinac is what it is, isn't a centre-back. Um, he's got his shortcomings, he's got his faults, but we talk about them so often. I don't want to get caught up on that. I want to discuss Mohamed Elneny's performance. Um, I've seen a couple of you in the chat um, early on um, saying that Elneny keeps boss in the middle. Let's talk about it. Um, Guns and Yellow Ribbons, check them out as well. Um, Fergus says Elneny was outstanding last night and Nelson ran his socks off. So a lot of love for, for Mohamed Elneny in the live chat today. I didn't think he was that good. Call it a controversial opinion. I didn't think he was that good. I think thought he was a lot more wasteful in possession than he has been previously. Um, I think he's done okay in sort of the opening game at Fulham and the Community Shield final against Liverpool, where we got to have a good look at him. I will caveat my criticism of Mohamed Elneny's display last night, though, with one thing that I think is really, really important, and that was his midfield partner. And... When you look at that side yesterday, and, and I'm not saying that Granite Xhaka is a world beater. I know a lot of people get onto my case when I praise Granite Xhaka. But what Granite Xhaka does do that Joe Willock doesn't is that he sits in his position in front of the defence. And that means that his midfield partner is less exposed on the transition. And I felt like at times Mohamed Elneny was left a little bit exposed not through any fault of Joe Willock's, but it's just the way Joe Willock plays. Joe Willock isn't a deep line player. Joe Willock isn't someone who's going to sit there, be disciplined in his performance. He is somebody that wants to progress, wants to run on and, and wants to join in 
with the attacking play. That's something that Granite Xhaka doesn't do. So understandably, when Granite Xhaka's alongside you, there's that little bit more security. When Joe Willock is alongside you, who, as I've just said, is never going to sit there and not progress and not try and join in with the attacks and, and press the ball and hunt the ball down in different areas, then you're going to look a little bit exposed. And I just felt like I'm not going to sit here and say that all of a sudden I've done a massive U-turn and I don't think Elneny's good enough to even be a squad player. But um, I thought there were some shortcomings in his display last night and I felt that it was worth uh, worth worth raising those, bringing those up in the discussion. Um, moving on a little bit further forward in the team, uh, Bakayo Saka on the left-hand side, I thought was excellent again. Um, so mature in the way he plays football. It's like he always knows what's coming. It's like he's been playing the game at this level for years and years and years. Really, really impressed by Bakayo Saka again. He's being asked to play in this kind of hybrid role of a left wing back slash left midfielder at times, um, which is confusing enough in itself. But for a player so young, um, we're seeing we're seeing incredible progress. We're seeing incredible maturity. And I thought that Bakayo Saka's performance was worthy of a shout out again. Um, so, yeah, uh, big shout out to uh, Bakayo Saka for uh, maintaining that level. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, really enjoyed seeing him. Um, put on such a an accomplished and complete display uh, again in an Arsenal shirt. On the other side, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, not really going to go into his performance too much. I didn't think it was brilliant, um, but I always think that Maitland-Niles seems to look more comfortable on this left-hand side than he does on the right. Strange, I know, because he's a, a, a right-footed player, but I, I just feel like right wing-back, he doesn't look as effective. Maybe that's because Arsenal clearly focus their play down the left-hand side. It's been a real feature of the team since Mikel Arteta has arrived, actually. I've spoken about it in previous shows that I feel like Arsenal were lopsided and still are probably lopsided at times. There's a lot of focus down that left-hand side. And I guess that means that the right side gets a little bit neglected. And um, that brings me on to talk about the next player I want to discuss, which is Nicolas Pepe. Again, so frustrating to watch at times. Now, Nicolas Pepe is effective. He beats players with ease. He gets into key positions. Um, I thought, you know, although the goal was, the first goal was extremely fortuitous, Nicolas Pepe's made that in being progressive in his runs and being able to go past people. And so he deserves some credit for that. But it is frustrating when you see him get into certain positions like he did last night on a number of occasions. Um, and then be reluctant to just hit the ball with his right foot. When you pay £72 million for a player, you want to see him use both feet. And I know that there are lots of players in history who have been extremely effective, extremely good, that were very, very one-footed. I just, I worry about it a little bit when it comes um, to Nicolas Pepe, because there was one instance where the ball came to him in the penalty area and you're just screaming, hit it. And he's tried to cut back in and, and all of a sudden the chance is gone. So, you know, that is a little bit of a frustration. I, I, I caveat that with a point that he's not played in any of the two opening Premier League games, not as a starter anyway. Um, so, you know, maybe he's not at, at full tilt yet. Maybe he's not at full pelt yet. And we have to be wary of that as well. Um, I'll also say in Nicolas Pepe's defence that there were times where he made the right runs. He made the right moves in behind. But Arsenal's midfield, and, and this is the problem when we talk about a lack of creativity, a lack of being able to progress the ball 
in our midfield players, whether it's in Elneny, whether it's in whoever, whether it's the right-sided centre-back. We saw Pepe make those moves on a number of occasions and he just wasn't picked out. The pass wasn't played in time. Uh, maybe it wasn't seen. I don't know. Maybe the player didn't have the confidence to execute it. But you've got to have sympathy for, for Nicolas Pepe in that sense because when you're making the runs, it is fucking frustrating when, you know, you're not being picked out. So I've got some sympathy for him there. Let's just have a quick look at some of you guys' comments uh, in regards to Nicolas Pepe because I know he is somebody that divides opinion. He's not the only one in the Arsenal squad at the moment, but we'll come on to talk about some of the rest of those players a little bit later on. A uh, big hello to George Sutty. He says, we should have bought Zaha from Palace for 70 million rather than Pepe. He's a proven Premier League player. Pepe just doesn't seem to be settling in. Yeah, I, I've, you know, there will be people that make that argument. I, I will say, though, Zaha didn't have a great season last season. He started this one very, very well, but he didn't have a great campaign in terms of his returns for Palace last season. I feel like there is a player in Pepe, um, but you're right to say that he's struggling to settle in. He's got to, he's got to deliver now. He, he's got to deliver. We've paid all that money for him. Um, this is his second season now. There are no more excuses. And we've seen that if William performs, it doesn't matter if he's 32 years old and we got him on a free transfer. Mikel Arteta will pick him ahead of Nicolas Pepe. And, and, you know, the player has to to increase his levels of performance. And, and again, I, I did make some points in defence of Nicolas Pepe. And, and I do believe that those are general issues um, that Arsenal as a team need to rectify as well. Issues that are preventing him hitting his maximum. But yeah, he, he's not fully settled yet. You, you're right. And that, that is a problem. That is a worry. Um, Marble Halls TV says Pepe is too one-dimensional. We need to play more centrally. Um, Arsenal Fan Circle says, look, Pepe struggled a bit, but his quality made the first goal. Yeah, and I, I made that point um, right at the start because although it wasn't a great performance from Nicolas Pepe, his ability to go past people, his pace, his industry when he gets into certain areas, his ability to... I guess be unpredictable is is a, an issue for defenders and it does get him into the right positions. Yeah, it was lucky, the first goal, but it was caused by Nicolas Pepe. So for that, he deserves credit. Jay says, Harry Pepe did okay, but he needs more confidence to shoot at goal. I think we've seen from Nicolas Pepe that he's got confidence to shoot when it comes to that left boot of his, when he cuts inside, when he gets into those positions on the edge of the box. We've seen him find that far corner. Um, quite often and impressively. But you're right. There, it is that issue with taking it on your on your right sometimes. If you're playing on the right, there are going to be situations, scenarios where you have to do that. And if you don't, the chance disappears. Talking about uh, Reese Nelson, I thought he had a, a good game, really lively performance from Reese Nelson, um, getting into really dangerous areas, carrying the ball well, used his pace to good effect on a few occasions. Um putting himself, I guess, in the shop window because we know that Arsenal are looking to move Reese Nelson out on loan. I think what, what we saw from him um, will have hopefully sparked some interest from, from some clubs. But I've spoken about this when it comes to loan deals in the past. It is very important that it is the right loan deal. We don't want another Serge Gnabry situation where you've got a player with potential, goes on loan to the wrong side. Uh, in that instance, West Brom under Tony Pulis, who was definitely the wrong manager for him. Um, and then all of a sudden his career 
takes a bit of a strange turn now. Nabry was, was I guess, highly rated in his own country and picked up uh, by a Bundesliga club in order to be given the opportunity to rebuild his career. But I feel like with Reese Nelson, that's not as likely. And so with Reese Nelson, the next move for him is key, I think. And if he is going to go out on loan, Arsenal need to be careful. And I guess Arsenal have a duty of care, a responsibility, if you like, to make sure that it is the right deal for Reese Nelson. So, um, yeah, um, let's see uh, what happens with that. But I thought he, he did well yesterday. Mikel Arteta said he did well, um, was obviously impressed with his performance. Um, and according to uh, whoscored.com, he got a 7 out of 10, which I think I probably agree with. I'd probably have given him a 6.8, 6.9. Um, but yeah, I think 7 is a, is a fair rating for Reese Nelson and his display last night. Right, um, let's talk about some of the players that weren't involved because inevitably that was going to come up in the conversation. Um, I'm not going to go into the game and, and particular incidents in the game too much because it wasn't a great fixture. It wasn't a great spectacle. Um, but let's um, let's talk about some of the players that weren't selected and weren't included in the squad at all last night. Three in particular, uh, Matteo Genduzzi, Lucas Torreira and uh, Mesut Ozil. Now, with regards to Lucas Torreira, from what we are hearing, from what we understand, it looks like he could be on his way out of the Emirates Stadium sooner rather than later. Therefore, it's completely understandable as to why he wasn't included. Any potential injury um, was, uh, you know, going to well, any potential injury would potentially scupper a deal um, that would see him move away. And it's clear that Arsenal were looking to move him on. We're not sure where he's going to end up. We're not sure what the deal is going to entail. Um, but we know that he is someone Arsenal are actively looking to move on. And so leaving him out yesterday made perfect sense. Um, talking about Matteo Genduzzi, um, strange one again, because we know that Arsenal want to move him on, but there is no... There seems to be no concrete interest in Matteo Genduzzi. So was last night an opportunity to put him in the shop window again? I don't know. The fact that he wasn't even in the squad suggests that what Mikel Arteta was telling us about is a fresh start, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And what happened has happened. It suggests to me that that was bullshit because based on what we've seen from Matteo Genduzzi in his time at Arsenal, he was certainly good. He is certainly good enough um, to at least have been on the bench in a fixture like that. So, yeah, um, not really sure what's going on there. Um, is there interest in him that we don't know about? Is he going to be gone between now and the end of the window? You'd probably hope so, but we're not hearing uh, of anything concrete in regards to interest to him. So I found it a little bit strange that he wasn't included at all. Mesa Ozil, the one that everybody's talking about and the one that actually Mikel Arteta was asked four or five questions about in last night's press conference of which he dodged every single one. And I'm getting a little bit frustrated with Mikel Arteta on this um, because, don't get me wrong, I'm fully behind him. I support him. I'm one of his biggest advocates, as you guys will know, that that watch or listen to this show um, on a regular basis. But I, I did find it a little bit irritating with the way Mikel Arteta responded to those questions again because, look, the guy's on an incredible amount of money he played every single Premier League game prior to lockdown under Mikel Arteta. Okay. 
so for him to just all of a sudden be out of the plans, you can understand why people are questioning it, why people are asking, why people want to know. And I just want to hear a bit of honesty from Mikel Arteta. You know, people will argue that, well, he can't say what's really going on. Well, why not? It's clear that he's not in your plans. It's clear that he's not going anywhere until at least the end of the season. So why not come out and expose Mesut Ozil for the reasons that you clearly feel that he shouldn't be part of the team? Is it an instruction from the board? And, and Marble Hall's TV makes this point in the chat. I reckon it's an instruction from higher up to freeze Mesut out. Probably being told not to divulge it. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe that is the case. But that doesn't stop me as a fan from feeling really, really frustrated. One of the things I've always praised Mikel Arteta for is the transparency, is the honesty, is the communication that we so desperately missed uh, during Unai Emery's tenure. And then to just keep being fobbed off about this, it's just frustrating. Look, if you're not going to play him, fine. I've got no issue with that. If you don't think he's good enough, fine. If you don't have him as part of your plans, fine. That's cool. Um, as well but as a fan base we deserve to know what the actual issue is here with Mesut Ozil you know we got him tweeting yeah ready to go looking forward to this one and then he doesn't get included you know it just feels like a a, a, a cloud that is hanging over Arsenal Football Club at the moment and if Mikel Arteta was to sit there and say well you know um, this is why then some people will agree, some people will disagree, but we can move on from it. At the moment, it is a question that is going to keep on coming up until, um, you know, until there is a resolution, until we know exactly why he is not in the side. I spoke about something the other day um, with regards to that I had heard that maybe it was due to appearances, um, that Mesut Ozil's contract was incentivized around performances um, or, or part of it was. But yeah, um, you know, the more I, well, I said at the time, I didn't know if that was true. But the more I think about it, the more it sounds and feels like that actually could be the case. Because what else is what's the other explanation? What's the other explanation for it? You know, um, I don't know. But I don't want to dwell on that too much. We've, we've spoken about it. I think it was worth speaking about just because of uh, the level of sort of controversy it caused in the press conference because it was brought up on a number of, uh, of occasions by a number of different journalists as well um, understandably is the question that everybody wants to know the answer to and Mikel Arteta said he understands why that question keeps getting asked um, but even still he refused to give us any um, any sort of answer I'm not going to try and second guess what the reason is I'm not going to sit here and 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 you know be too bothered about it, I guess. But, you know, given that he's not going anywhere, I don't see how being up front, being clear will damage his, it will damage us in any way. He's not going until the end of the season at which he'll be available for a free transfer. So there we go. Let's see. Um, let's see. Maybe we'll get an answer one day as to what has really gone on there. Um, right. That brings me towards the end uh, of this edition of the podcast. Quick review of the win over Leicester City in the Carabao Cup. We touched on some individual performances. Um, we talked about what was um, a professional overall display from the Arsenal. Um, not a great spectacle, as I've said. Um, you know, but we got there. We got over the line. Um, and uh, fingers crossed 
uh, if we do, which is likely face Liverpool in the next round, we can go get a result there as well and continue our journey in this competition. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but it is a cup. It is a title up for grabs. And um, it appears, based on sort of what Mikel Arteta has been saying, and to a degree the team he selected yesterday, that Mikel Arteta is, uh, is keen to go as far as he possibly can in this competition. We'll be back later on today with our transfer update show. We'll be going live at 4 p.m. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Come and join me um, as we'll be dissecting uh, the latest transfer reports with regards to the Arsenal. Uh, give the video a like if you haven't already for listening via the audio. Um, do leave us a review. Subscribe to the channel if you're new as well. On our way to 10,000 subscribers. The sooner we get there, the better. And uh, I look forward to talking to you guys a little bit later on. Until then, take care.